Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp Edge, the STEM edition, committed to bringing you great conversations with some of the most talented minds. I'm your host, Dr. Tamonte Leary. I am so excited today to have my guest, Bilal Isifu, who is the CEO of Unchained Inc., among a lot of other things. Um, he's, he's my North Carolina um, Tar Heel brother, I, I should say. We, we've got that in common. Um, always good to have a Tar Heel or North Carolina uh, uh, native, I guess you could say, or comrade <laughs> on the show. Bilal, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, I'm glad to. I'm glad that you had me on on this podcast. Um, like uh, he mentioned, we do have that uh, North Carolina connection. You know, North Carolina is different from a lot of states in a lot of ways, and there's certain things you won't know unless you're from North Carolina. So yeah, I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Love it. Love it. So I, I'm like I said, there's there's a lot to talk about with you because you you have a, a diverse um, background professionally uh, and educationally as well. Can you share, um, what, where did, where did the spark or your interest for STEM, uh, I guess in the education aspect, where did, when did that start for you? Um, so I guess I could just start by just, you know, just telling my story. So, I'm originally from Togo, West Africa. I was born in Togo. I came to the United States at the age of five. Um, my dad and my mother and I migrated here, you know, for better opportunities. Um, growing up, my dad always, you know, instilled in me, you know, to go above and beyond and always, you know, make something of myself because I got people back home to take care of as well. So um, been living in Greensboro pretty much all my life. Grew up in Greensboro. When I was younger, I actually went to, um, a STEM elementary school and a STEM focused middle school. But even around that time, like I wasn't really, I would say interested in STEM because I was always good at like reading language arts. I was always, you know, very articulate being able to speak. And so naturally, once I got around the college age, I, I gravitated towards um, pre-law and political science. So I planned to become an attorney. And so, uh, before entering college, I actually got the opportunity to attend this thing called a, a middle college. We have middle colleges. I don't know if they have in every state, but in North Carolina, there's these schools called middle colleges, and they're really high schools on college, on certain college campuses, which allow you to pretty much, you know, once you finish your high school courses, which is normally by you finish around like sophomore to junior year, by your junior, senior year, you're taking college classes on these actual campuses and attaining credit. So, I went to AMT Middle College, finished my high school requirements by like sophomore year. And by junior year, I was just taking college credits. And so by the time I graduated high school, once I got into AMT, my freshman year, I was actually a sophomore. So like right now, like I actually graduated in two weeks, but I was able to pretty much get my bachelor's degree in three years because of that uh, middle college program that essentially allows you to accelerate, you know, the college process get you more acclimated like as far as like you know navigating and then getting that real world experience and then also saving money because a lot of classes I didn't have to take because I took them in high school and so to just 
kind of come to the story of how like how I came back to STEM because STEM, I, I realized STEM was always something that, you know, was inside of me. It was something that like I've always, you know, had some type of interest in, but I didn't know at the time that that was my natural, natural inclination or natural skill. So I pursued what what was, you know, what what came easy to me, which was, like I said, speaking, being able to explain myself, doing research. And so, you know, and once I got to college, pre-law student, um, planning on going to law school, I, you know, was on the debate team, but I also had the opportunity to intern at different places. And that's kind of what shifted my mindset. Um, so my freshman year, I was able to intern with the Office of Civil Rights, with the North Carolina Department of Transportation. And our job was to help minority business firms pretty much get certified so they could, you know, take on the state funding and the state bids that normally would go to their counterparts because nobody signed up. And so after that internship, I was kind of like, hey, you know, this was a great experience. I learned a lot, but, you know, construction isn't my thing. But how do I how do I, you know, use what I learned here to help people in my range? And I'm like, OK, well, I'm a student. I'm an HBCU student. I got an internship. I learned a lot. I feel like other students should have the same opportunity. Is there something out there that facilitates this? Did the research there wasn't anything that specifically targeted this demographic on the tech side? And so. When I was younger, I used to like, you know, hack video games and do different things like watching YouTube videos to to, you know, pretty much find different things out. But I was never like deep into the sim, but something about, you know, coming up with this idea naturally, like, you know, gave me a push to like, nah, this is something that you have to do and you have to make it tech because we're in a, you know, you know if we're going to be forward thinkers, technology is always advancing, you know, COVID happened. But that didn't stop, you know, people from, you know, operating Zoom calls, meetings. So anything that I wanted to create had to be tech based. And so although I didn't have any coding experience, I knew somebody who did and I knew I knew where to find people who did. So once I came up with the idea of Unchained, creating this platform that facilitates pretty much the connection between HBCU students and career opportunities, while corporations are using it to pretty much you know, diversify their talent pool and increase engagement amongst the actual demographic of HBCU students. Um, that kind of came together. Uh, I met my CTO, pitched the idea to him. He liked the idea. He saw the vision. And then we've been building it from the ground up since June 19, 2020. Since then, we've been able to amass over 4,500 student profiles. We hosted a career fair May 24th on our platform virtually that hosted 30, I mean, that hosted 3,000 students and 30 employers from um, uh, 30 employers and those 3000 students came from a variety of 50 schools. And we were able to amass over 100K site engagements for that day alone. And for that month, we were able to accumulate 600K. Since then, everything else has just been, you know, you know, pretty much increasing and we've been getting way, way more steady traction. Like we get 40K site engagements a month now. So just using that momentum to continue facilitating and scaling out the business while just, you know, uh, spreading out our footprint and continue to spread the message and creating this new narrative that, hey, you know, when you think of a tech entrepreneur or a tech founder, you think of Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, you don't ever think about a black tech entrepreneur or a black. That's why kids don't aspire to be. That's why I didn't know it was possible when I was younger. When I was younger, I, I seen a, I seen a couple of black lawyers. I'm like, OK, maybe this is what I should go. But I feel like if at a young age, people are more exposed to, you know, tech entrepreneurs or people in the STEM space that look like them, they'd be more inclined to, you know, pursue that. You know, brother, um, you know, I'm a lawyer. So the fact that, 
you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I, I see you and I see me in some ways, right? Uh, I'm a tech entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur um, by, by, I guess you could say by night, <laughs> by day, I'm corporate. I work for Microsoft. Uh, I um, also studied, you know, law and here I am in this tech world. And so um, I'm inspired. I'm inspired a lot by what I'm hearing. And I'm really proud that you're you're pursuing everything that you're pursuing. Um, and I know that everyone listening is is got to be inspired as well. Uh, you're so young and so bright and and on such a, a great path to success. Um, and with that being said, I love the mission behind Unchained. Um, you said a lot as far as uh, you know so far what you've been able to do just in this uh, last year and a half or so. Um, what what does the future uh, look like and the goals for for Unchained? Is there anything that we should be looking for? Is there anything that you're that you're trying to do um, that you want to you know call on our listeners or, or share? Um, so in general, my overall goal for my platform is I want to be a global platform, you know, for diversity recruiting and, you know, diverse, like, uh, uh, pretty much a community just for diverse professionals in general. Right now we're starting with the HBCU demographic, you know, pretty much honing in on this niche, but in the future, I want it to be a resource for, you know, all diverse candidates. I want it to be like a LinkedIn, but specifically for, you know, the diverse community, um, the main things we have going on right now, as far as like things that people should look out for is um, we're actually doing an HBCU tour this upcoming fall. We've had like 11 schools that we're going to be visiting and doing kind of like a travel workshop slash uh, pitch competition. We partner with the Yard Tour. And so the Yard Tour, they, they've been doing it for three years. They go to different HBCUs and they pretty much host pitch competition to encourage, you know, HBCU entrepreneurship and different things of that nature. I actually was a participant and won, but that led to me, you know, meeting with, you know, the actual executive director. And then we've, you know, built the relationship from there. And now we formed a partnership with both of our entities and we're kind of moving this forward as a way of increasing engagement amongst, you know, the students. Because the main thing when we when we uh, get companies or get certain clients and stuff like that, their main issue is their, you know, their ability to their ability to engage with the students. We don't really have that much trouble because we understand how the student thinks. We understand what medians of information where they like to receive it because we're still in that student space. Or we have ambassadors who, you know, pretty much are still on the ground with the students, and so we understand how to get to the students. And so, um, pretty much what we're trying to uh, do with the with the tour is to pretty much go around and spread information around, you know, whatever companies that we partner with their, you know, current events, current openings, along with getting more students signed up on our profile and getting them to participate in the pitch competition. So we wanna provide professional development. But we also understand that some students are entrepreneurs. Not everybody's gonna go out and go, you know, work for somebody or, but they need to know that, you know, there is, there is, there's ways to go about, you know, starting a business. There is, you know, there's ways to prepare for a pitch. Or sometimes you may not even prepare for a pitch, but your first pitch that you ever do is going to be the preparation for the next one. So pretty much giving a holistic, you know, uh, enrichment slash, you know, educational experience to students 
through our technology and then through engagement. And in addition to just doing uh, the tour as well by our platform in general. So if there's any companies out there that's looking to specifically attract the diverse talent population at HBCUs or elsewhere, we offer a lot of different services like marketing campaigns, access to our virtual platform, the virtual career fairs we host. And then if you guys, you know, just want to do like, you know, placements, we do placements on internships and full times as well. So we provide a variety of different resources to either expand your brand to the demographic or strictly fill roles as well. Now, I'm, I am so, so impressed by what you're doing and what you've been able to do in such uh, a short amount of time. Um, with Unchained and I love the the hashtag break the chains. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about what's behind that? Yes, so um, when I was coming up with the idea Unchained, um, coming up with a name, I wanted a name that would be semi provocative but at the same time it's like we've reached a time where it's like, we can't ignore the truth anymore. We can't just pretend like we don't see what's going on or we don't know what things mean. Like, so Unchained essentially means, you know, unrestricted, you know, un, you know, untamable, un pretty much unchained means that that you you have no no unstoppable. <laughs> unstoppable. So and breaking the chains is literally breaking barriers, whether those barriers be, you know, whatever has stopped minorities or people of color from getting these opportunities in these corporations, whatever barriers have stopped them from learning about the opportunities, whatever barriers have stopped them from getting higher salaries, all that in is is with Unchained, we're using this platform to break all those chains, break those barriers. And in a historical context, um, we know we know slavery, we know what you know black and African American people had to go through over the years. And it's like that type of history, you know, people shy away from you know being outright with it, but it's like that's our reality. So that's why I said if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be bold about it. And I mean, if people have a problem with it, I mean, that's the reality. So we have to live with this reality every day. So let's try to fix it. And instead of, you know, trying to shy away from dealing with the actual issue. And so we actually like our official launch date was also strategic too. We launched on Juneteenth. And so that gave us a lot of buzz too, because here we are dropping Love Unchained, it. Love it. breaking the chains on Juneteenth. So we're actually doing that uh, a app update release this, this Juneteenth. So that's kind of been like, you know, how we built our momentum around, you know, this ideology of, you know, breaking the chains, the new age of black professionals who don't have any limits and who are sought out after these by these companies, because all the companies are saying it. They know that having more diverse individuals in their corporations leads to higher success. There's plenty of metrics that show that already. They know that, you know, it attacks their succession plan as well, because if you have somebody young, bright, creative ideas, you know your company is going to go in the right direction. So it's more so pretty much, you know, uh, connecting the supply with the demand and then also actually pushing, pushing the actual message behind it, because it's not just about hiring people, it's about dealing with an issue, but part of solving the issue is hiring more people and, and changing some of your, you know, your company uh, guidelines and different things of that nature. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Now I'm going to pivot a little bit um, because it cannot, we cannot gloss over the fact that uh, you got, and congratulations, by the way, on your Goldman Sachs internship, especially during the midst of COVID. Uh, and I see that unlike any other year, it was remote. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, 
that experience. And I want to talk about some of your other diverse experiences you had. You even have some experience as an instructor, as a STEM instructor, and you're in school yourself. So that's incredible. So, but uh, tell us about Goldman. And again, congratulations there. Nah, thank you. And it's crazy because uh, Goldman, I just made an update about that as well. So um, I uh, interned with Goldman Sachs uh, last summer. It was virtual. And this was around the same time that I was pretty much starting out in chain. And so the crazy thing about it is throughout my, you know, process of, you know, being at Goldman virtually, I was pitching Unchained to all the executives, like every, every person there, like I was pitching to whoever I could set up a meeting with, getting more feedback, altering different things. And towards the end of my internship, my uh, managing director, he told me, he was like, I mean, you're young, um, why don't you just try this out? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, I was struggling between now, I, now that I worked at Goldman, I interned at Goldman and I, I knew that I was going, you know, potentially get an offer. I'm like, okay, do I take this Goldman job or do I still pursue going to law school? I was kind of in that phase. At the same time, my startup is, you know, appearing and I'm working on that. And so uh, at the end of my internship, um, like I said, the internship experience was, was amazing. Um, I was able to network with a lot of different people. Like, What did you do? What, what, what did you do? What, what, what oh, you so I was in consumer compliance. So pretty okay. much we work with the legal team, but more on the compliance and, you know, dealing with, you know, dealing with this uh, pretty much this comp uh, this uh, platform that they released that was a tech platform. It was like a fintech platform. And so our job on the back end was pretty much dealing with like all the compliance, whether it be like re relative to the customers that we're trying to attain or like the actual structure of the platform and seeing what it goes along with. And so I was really working with the compliance team, going through like all the different, you know, calls with the, the partners and, and pretty much structuring out the actual build out of the platform. So I got to like, you know, shadow a couple of the engineering teams, see what the it was actually built upon. And at first when I got into the internship, I didn't even know that I was going to be working like on the actual tech product. Like I thought I was just in compliance. Once we started, because they were just releasing the product, I just happened to be on that team. But it's just crazy how right after that, like I started working on my own tech platform, but I was able to use what I learned to apply it because it was literally this, almost the same thing from building up how the pages will look, building up what will go where and how that works. So throughout that process, I gained a lot of valuable information, but it was also like motivation because I'm sitting in, you know, uh, meetings, conversation. It's talking about like, yeah, we just secured a $12.4 million deal and like casually talking about 12.4 mil. I'm just sitting there like, wow, like this is different. Like I got exposed <laughs> to a whole, whole different. And so the light bulb just came in my head. And then naturally I started to see more and more that like, you know, yes, I, you know, I, I like this job. I like this opportunity, but I know that I can do more and I want more. And so it got it got towards the end of my internship and they offered me full time, which I initially accepted like uh, early August. But from August to, let's say, April, my startup pretty much blew up. And then I started thinking, like, what did I want to do? And so I, I ended up uh, declining the offer to pursue this full time once I graduated. Because I saw that, you know, at the end of the day, if I want to go out and find another job, I'm going to be able to sell myself enough to do so. But I can take this risk right now while I'm young. If it goes well, great. If it doesn't, you know, I'll try the next one. But that's kind of it was a hard decision at first. But once I really started to just, you know, naturally just understand what I wanted and like who I was as a person, like there was really only one answer. 
And so that's that's kind of the crazy part about that story because Goldman opened my eyes to my actual like abilities. It showed me like where I could be right now without my law degree, where I could be right now, you know, fresh out of college. And so, you know, my value, you know, the way I valued myself went up just based off that experience and being able to navigate. That's real powerful. And I, I, I had to ask you about that because I'm like, man, this man got a, <laughs> you know, uh, this brother got a, a Goldman internship, which clearly I, like you said, I knew was going to lead to other opportunity. And here you are now. And again, I, I feel a lot of now, obviously in a more advanced, right? Because I'm further along, but of what you feel now, right? I feel like I'm an entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur, and working for the largest software company in the world. And I'm a lawyer, right? And, and I don't practice law, but what I am is a professor, right? And that's what allows me to stay connected to the law, to stay sharp and to stay on top of because I'm preparing the next generation of paralegals, of lawyers, of legal assistants. And I give it to them raw, just like I had it in law school. So that's how I'm actually able to kind of stay connected and not, you know, so you may want to think about teaching if you know if you're not able to practice, right? You might want to be a law professor. And I think you would be a great one, by the way. Um, but with that being said, um, and I don't know, is that something that you I can't say if that's something that you've ever thought about because that's in my segue. I know that not only have you thought about it, you've done it. You served as an instructor uh, for Verizon's innovative learning STEM program for minority middle school males on the campus of North Carolina AT. Can you yeah. speak a little bit about that? And is, you know, teaching something uh, like myself, right? Even though I work at Microsoft, I'm an entrepreneur. Is that something that you see yourself doing maybe eventually as well, professionally? Uh, prob uh, teaching wise, no, because uh, my dad's a, currently a professor at ANC. He's um, an English professor at North Carolina ANC. Teaching teaching's in the family, but me, I see myself on more of like, you know, public speaking, motivational speaker, type of thing more so uh but to talk about my experience um instructing um for the verizon stem program like it was a great experience so in addition to like my tech startup that i you know i started uh this past year i had a nonprofit that i started my freshman year called kingdom of youth where pretty much um we take a team of college mentors and we travel to uh not travel but go to schools uh, middle schools and high schools in the area during their after school time and we pretty much have our own curriculum where we teach them leadership skills how to navigate certain situations and be that you know big brother big sister for these you know minority kids that didn't have that type of support and so that just kind of that's what got me the job for the uh verizon uh innovative stem instructor program because i've already been working with like that same group but through that program i was able to really like you know work with kids that you know didn't have access to like let's say all the you know technology that you know most people would have and see them you know have access to actually like they were creating 3d um it was 3d it, we had a 3d printer and they created their, their own design of whatever they wanted into the 3d printer but it was great to see like the excitement on these faces of, of kids who people normally you know dub as you know the kids that aren't doing good or you know the the troubled kids, but these kids aren't really troubled kids. They're just kids that don't have access to a lot of things that other people do. And so when they don't have that access, they do other things. When they do have the access, 
they're able to create, you're able to actually see, you know, how much intelligence these young kids actually have. So that experience for me was very great because like I said, I've I've always not really been a fan of, not a fan of teaching, but like teaching has been in my household. I, I know I know it a little bit, but I've never seen myself in that route, but I always like giving back and reaching back to younger kids. So it always aligned, but that experience showed me how important and pivotal, like having actual access to resources and how that could actually like, you know, impact the kid and impact the way they think. And so we did a lot of different things, like with the um, resources that Verizon gave us as far as like the tech, we went on field trips, we taught them about um, pretty much, we taught them like pr professional development as well, but it was a great experience learning, you know, how, how these kids react to, you know, to being taught different things and then actually having the tools to be successful and what difference that made. I love it. I'm actually a Verizon customer. I've been for a long, long time, loyal Verizon customer. Now, you know, I, you like I said, you have some, some awesome experience, and that's why I'm so excited to have you on here. You are also a campus representative for TikTok, and I've known, because I'm in education, that TikTok is just as much social media as it is education, um, and how, I should say in the ways that it can be used, right? Um, an educational tool. Tell us about your experience. And also TikTok is a tech company, right? So this is, um, you know, your experience illustrates the many possibilities, right? That you can, that not only that you have, right? And opportunities that you have, but really anyone could have if they, um, if they go after it. And I see that you're a go-getter, you're a doer, and I love it. Um, expand a little bit on that experience, if you don't mind, being a campus representative for TikTok. What did you do and what, you know, how did that even tie into, you know, what was TikTok doing on, you know, at North Carolina A&T, which, by the way, uh, is the largest uh, HBCU in the country, I believe. Yes, number one, Aggie Pride. But uh, to get to get into uh, the TikTok experience. So with that, I was a, a campus ambassador slash representative. My main job was pretty much spreading awareness around TikTok's brand on campus through hosting and facilitating like pop-up campus events where I passed out TikTok gear, doing social media engagements and posts, pretty much increasing their presence on campus because what TikTok, TikTok realized what a lot of people realize, like in order to, you know, dominate a market, in order to pretty much have a lot of relevancy, you got to attack the college market. The 18 to 25 plus range, these are the ones who, this is the kind of like market that pretty much dictates what trends and what, what is actually, you know, popular and what, what actually sells. So my job was to create a lot of awareness around TikTok's brand through marketing campaigns. They're often the creators too, that, that audience that you said, they're often the ones creating mm -hmm. the content too. They're exactly they're consuming. So yeah, so as far as like my experience, like the way I got the job is crazy because like, as you mentioned before, like, you know, being a pre-law student, getting these different experiences, like I learned early on, and which is why whenever I meet somebody, I always tell them, I never ask them their major. I ask them what they want to do because a lot of people restrict what they want to do or what they can do to what their major is. And it's like, people, will, uh, anybody will hire you if you if you sell yourself correctly, especially if you, you know what I'm saying, uh, pretty much align yourself with whatever opportunity that you're trying to receive. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, I can do, I'm a pre-law student. I could get a marketing internship. I could do this, I could do that. And that's what really made me made me dangerous or like, or having, I like, I had somebody told me like one time, like, 
having options makes you dangerous. And I didn't realize it till like, you know, I understood it and was in that footstep, like having yourself in a box keeps you, keeps you comfortable or keeps you like, you know, restricted from, from what you can actually become, but being able to hop into different industries and, you know, learn different things makes you a holistic professional. Cause now you're not just, you know, one sided and only know one thing. So that experience really allowed me on the ground to ex expand my marketing skills, my, my engagement skills. And now that translates to how we do things with Unchained and with Unchained, we have Unchained ambassadors. We have HBCU ambassadors on every campus, but the reasoning behind that is allowing the students or allowing the actual demographic that you're trying to attain to do the marketing, do the engagement serves way better because they can relate and resonate with, you know, their peers instead of, you know, somebody just coming up and saying, hey, we're doing this, we're offering this, having a student leader, the Mr. or Miss Freshman or somebody who's in charge of something on campus like, hey, come find out about these shirts or, you know, come find out what we're doing and that goes a long way. So I learned that, like that was a, a learning experience. It really helped me uh, pretty much enhance like my marketing, my marketing skills. Now you're a member of the board of directors um, for HBCU tour. Yes. Um, what is HBCU tour? Which, is, and actually if you could share uh, after you, you share what HBCU tour is, more about your experience attending HBCU. I want I want to know, and I want our listeners to know, um, how was it for you attending the largest HBCU in the country? Okay. All right. So as far as uh, HBCU tour, so HBCU tour is the second startup company that me and my CTO have together. Um, he's the founder. I'm one of the executive directors slash co-founders. So HBCU tour is a platform that uh, is basically the central central hub for all things HBCU to HBCU. So it's a tech platform that enables HBCU entrepreneurs, vendors, or minority vendors to pretty much put their, it's basically like an Amazon, but for HBCU students, like they can put up their own stores. We have a partnership with FedEx where FedEx finds the, the cheapest shipping rate and then ships out their item. Right now, every sale that they make is 100% like on them. But uh, in a few years, we're going to start, you know, taking certain percentages, but building out the platform itself, getting as many like stores, vendors and entrepreneurs on there as possible. So it's a marketplace where people from, you know, people who do hair to people who, you know, sell shirts and people who sell candles, whatever you sell, whatever product that you have, you can create a store on HBCU tour and people can access it just like they would any other Amazon or Shopify store and order it directly from there. We launched that like a month after Unchained and it, it gained the same amount of traction. And the other app attached to HBCU Tour Marketplace is just the HBCU Tour app, which is basically just like a resource hub for students. So it lists open scholarships, um, uh, information on how much schools cost, articles on like HBCU sports. So basically just an HBCU resource center, but it also has a marketplace attached to it, which allows HBCU entrepreneurs to thrive as well. And elaborate more on your experience attending the largest HBCU in the country, North Carolina Agricultural, Agricultural and Technical University in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I would say, um, just to, first of all, to say me being from Greensboro, A&T wasn't my first choice, not because of the school, but just because it was in Greensboro. My dad was a professor there. So it was a lot of, you know, and I played sports in high school as well. So I was trying to do different things, but um, naturally, you know, it was God's plan that I attended a and and I attended a and um, 
being being able to attend the middle college and high school, I came to A&T my freshman year as a sophomore. So I was already ahead of the curve. And so once I got to campus, I already knew, you know, the hype that A&T had, you know, the, the stature, everything that came with A&T. So early on, I already knew that I, I had less time than everybody else because I was going to be graduating early. So my main thing was like, how do I make an impact on this campus while I'm here? Because there's so many people, there's so many people that do things like how do I separate myself from everybody else and and achieve. And so the first thing I did my freshman year was start the nonprofit, which, you know, I was able to get, you know, a lot of traction on and get a lot of members involved in. And then each year I just, you know, uh, pretty much try to improve in different areas and just expand my footprint on the campus. The experience was absolutely great. Like without attending ANC, I wouldn't have met half the people that I met that, you know, are definitely like, you know, people that are, are resourceful and people that, you know, we help each other out to this day. So I feel like as far as like on the networking aspect and people being willing to help and you can't, you can't, I can't say you can't get it anywhere else, but an HBCU experience is different because it's literally like, you feel like everybody is on the same mission, trying to get somewhere, trying to do something better. And so it's easy to stay on track because when you have other people that are also striving to do better, striving, you know, first generation college students, people who are really trying to take care of their family, people who, you know, have different stories, but are all ended up at ANC for some reason. I met people from Alaska. I met people from places I never thought I'd meet people from. So the experience was amazing being able to be around so many diverse individuals who were pretty much willing to do better and, you know, be better. And then also, of course, you know, we, we have the greatest homecoming on earth. So homecoming was always fun. You know, all the events on campus were fun. And, you know, this past year was probably like the worst year just because of COVID and, you know, not being in person. But overall, the experience was great. I made a lot of connections and I and I learned a lot about myself throughout my college process as well. Yeah, I heard about Jiho, which is the greatest homecoming on earth. On earth, yes. Man, and it happens usually around my homecoming at UNC Chapel Hill. So I, I'm not able to go, but. You gotta I, go one time. I, I mean, I am. I am. Yeah. I heard it's a movie and a half, so I'm. I'm <laughs> definitely gonna go. I might. I might try to go this year. When is when is when is that? When is the greatest homecoming? When is it? When is the greatest homecoming on earth? When's the next one? Uh, this year, um, it is. I just got the the what you call it flyer for that too. Um, Let me ask from somebody who's in the loop. No, nah, I got you. Yeah, Ant's homecoming, and, and I, I had that on October thirtieth. October? Okay, I can put that on my calendar in advance. All right. Uh, am I, am I going to see you out there or what? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be okay. out there. <laughs> All right, we're going to be outside. Okay. My first one as an alum, so, you know, I got to be out there. Love it, love it. Now, before we wrap up, I had the opportunity, the pleasure to, uh, to also have on the founder of Us in Technology, uh, Kendrick Trotter, who you actually want to advisor on the advisory board for. What are you doing there? And, um, you know, how can I, how can folks keep in touch with you and, 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 and obviously, you know, Unchained, we want to get all of that information, your, your website, social media, all of that um, as well. Okay, so um, as far as like my role in Us in Tech, um, so I'm on the advisory board, but Unchained Inc. and Us in Tech are actually like partners as well. So we have a partnership because um, when me and Kendrick first met, like I said, his his company is a startup, my company is a startup, and our missions kind of aligned, although we were attacking it in different spaces. And both of us being, you know, young black, you know, founders 
uh, in the tech space and, you know, trying to have having these big dreams of of expanding and, you know, really helping our people and showing our people like, you know, there's more ways to, to you know, make something out of yourselves other than what's presented to us. So like our first, you know, ever meeting was powerful because, you know, it just was it felt good to meet someone else that was on the same mission doing something a little different. But it's like, you know, why, you know, compete with different people or, you know, you know, try to think, you know, you're better than someone you guys can come together and strive even more impact because on his end, they deal with primarily like entry levels of uh, people that's trying to get in tech sales. And then mine is in general, like as far as like all minorities or HBCU students looking for opportunities, whether full-time or internship. But where it aligned is that he's trying to help minorities. HBCU students are minorities. Um, he's trying to expose the, you know, more uh, people that look like us to the tech industry. Unchained is a tech startup. So it just really aligned on, on different levels mission-wise. So that's when we initiated the partnership, but where I provide value is given that scope of, you know, like I said, our expertise lies in being able to understand our target demographics. So I come along when it comes to, you know, facilitating program, virtual events or actual like recruiting, say they need interns for us in tech or they need, um, you know, different strategies on how to, you know, market, you know, out their information. So we, we partner on that and I pretty much lead and and give give a value on how to you know what's the best way of attracting this market what's the what's the what's the best event like what event should we facilitate and and how do we move this forward so that's kind of what i do over there and as far as like how people can get in touch with me um on linkedin just uh add me on linkedin uh Bilal isifu um if not uh you can reach me on instagram or twitter at the real Bilal and as far as like my email, you can email me at bisifu at unchainedinc.com and check out our website at unchainedinc.com. Does your does your uh, company have any social media for us to follow or yes. us to look for? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you you can follow us on our Unchained Inc. Instagram at Unchained Inc. and follow us on LinkedIn as well at Unchained Inc. Bilal, I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your important work and sharing more about your story. I really enjoyed having you on as a guest. I'm going to be supporting everything that you're doing. I also see some alignment with what I'm doing with Onyx, so we're going to chat offline. Uh, you have any closing words, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Yes. Dream without limits, execute without hesitation. There you have it, folks lovely awesome quote take it to heart this is the ed up edge stem podcast with your host dr tamante leary thank you so much for listening everyone we'll see you next time bye-bye you've been listening to another episode of ed up edge the stem edition with your host dr tamante leary you can follow me on LinkedIn and please leave a rating review and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening.